It's been a couple weeks, but the family vacationer is back. Tonight, we talk with special guests Garrett and Mandy Oler about turning the planning of the vacation over to the kids, believe it or not. Episode 45 starts right now. Welcome to the Family Vacationer with Rob and Danny, Danny. the go-to podcast for families on the move. Hello, everyone. Rob here, and welcome to Episode 45 of the Family Vacationer. Danny's currently on assignment in California, and he'll be reporting back on his trip in one of our future shows. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Tonight, I'm going to be talking with Garrett and Mandy Oler. They're a married couple that love to help people travel abundantly and affordably with their families. They cringe every time that they hear parents say that travel is a luxury only for the lucky And they're on a mission to change that mindset. Through their online course, Frequent Traveler Academy, they significantly shortened the learning curve and effectively cut through the clutter of rewards programs, frequent flyer status, and budgeting tactics so that students know what to immediately focus on to give them the best results, including free travel. Garrett and Mandy live in Utah with their two sons who love to join them on their adventures and have even planned a few of their own. And that's what we're going to be talking with them about, letting the kids plan the family vacation. Garrett, Mandy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us on. We're excited to be here. We're glad to have you. So what made you guys decide that you were going to turn over? And what my mom would say is, what possessed you to let your kids (laughs) take over the planning of the family vacation? Well, you know, they say in life that uh, most of the decisions we make are all about pain avoidance. And really, it didn't come about as us intending to let the kids start planning our trips or at least have a a much bigger input. It was more just kind of the opposite. We were avoiding some things that weren't working. So we, I don't know, what year was it? 2016, I think we figured out. We had planned this kind of elaborate trip to San Diego to take the kids. And we were doing everything that they would want to do. So Legoland, San Diego Zoo. Mm. The uh, Sea World. Yeah, I mean, Sea World. Just, just everything you know, fun for kids, right? Sure. Yeah, and I mean, we obviously wanted to do the, all those things too, but we figured that they would be over the moon excited, and we didn't really tell them anything. Even after we got in the car, we never really told them where we were going. Driving down to San Diego, and made them, you know, guess where we were going and see what things they could pick out. And not only were they at a loss, like I have no idea where we're going. But they also weren't all that excited about the trip once they finally got clued into what was going on. So, you know, the trip went well. And as we did the things that we were supposed to do, things went well and and we had a great time. But we swore we would just never do that to them again because we realized, you know, most of what's really fun about a vacation is the anticipation of it. Right. The hope and and looking forward to it. And so, you know, we just decided then and there, like, we're never doing that again. We're never surprising the kids with a trip because... Well, and we kind of robbed them of of that excitement of looking forward to it. Our oldest is a Lego fanatic, and he definitely got that from his mother. But <laughs> we, you know, we, we love Lego, and we show up at Legoland, and he's just kind of like, well, cool, okay, <laughs> great. You know, and I had envisioned this, like, you know, my expectations were probably way beyond what they should have been but i had envisioned him just squealing and running around and being so excited and he just kind of wandered through and cool 
yep, this is cool. And he was at the age, he was at prime age for being there. And so there, there really wasn't any other excuse for his lack of enthusiasm than just that we hadn't given him enough time to look forward to it. And and that's kind of sad, you know, we didn't give him that opportunity to, to have the hope for it, so. Yeah, so really going back to your question, the idea to really start to clue them in came from just us not wanting to leave them out. You know, that's what really got us started. So the first time you did this, how old were your kids at the time when they planned the first vacation here? So they were about five and eight when we went to San Diego. And so it was the very next trip after that where we said, we're not doing that again. <laughs> you know, at five and eight, they were old enough that uh, they deserved to say in, in what we were going to do. So that's about that age is when we changed the way we planned our trips. Okay. So exactly how did this work? Set it up for us. How much of the vacation did they end up planning? So it really varies on where we're going and how old they are. But the thing we realized, you know, is that the kids, kids are humans too, and they have things they want to do and things they like to do and things they don't like to do. And, you know, if we're going on like a couple's trip, we, we give them that space. So it's really, we don't treat it very much differently. So we'll research plenty of places and things that we would want to do. And as much as they want to participate in that, they can. And the older they've gotten, you know, the more they want to. But yeah, we, we will usually do the kind of that early work of finding all the things to do, looking for things, especially that they would want to do, but not limiting it there either. So, you know, the kids will surprise us of things that they, they would want to do that we wouldn't even think of doing hmm. and vice versa. So we'll get a pretty exhaustive list. You know, we'll go through the trip advisor and the Pinterest and everything <laughs> and things YouTube that may, videos like yeah, <laughs> and things that may not even really have piqued my interest. We'll still include it in the list to give them the opportunity to, you know, do their own research and, and pick through it. So we just do kind of a, a brain dump, so to speak, you know, we'll just grab a piece of paper and just start writing everything down that we can think of. And, you know, we'll even ask them, what do you know about this place that we're going to and their preconceived notions for some of the things that they think they could do in these places is, is ends up being pretty funny. <laughs> we, we have an Alaska trip coming up in a few months. And one of the things they said they wanted to do was just, they wanted to go see Huskies. And we said, well, you know, they don't just roam around on the streets <laughs> and, you know, so it, it's been kind of funny to see before we jump in and do any kind of research at all, we just leave it open. Like, let hey, let's talk about what you know about this place that we want to go to. And and we just write everything down. We don't, you know, no holds barred, just write it down. And, you know, and, and then later we kind of narrow things down. But it, it is really fun to see that initial brainstorming session, what we come up with. So do you give them options on where to go or do you kind of settle on a place and then kind of expanded into what there is to do in that location. Yeah, we'll give them, you know, from from that initial brainstorming, then we start saying, hey, we know there are these things to do. And then we'll start researching and like we mentioned, you know, Pinterest or YouTube or, or things like that. And we'll do the research with them at that point. And we start to kind of cross off things off our list that aren't really suiting what, you know, the purpose of the trip might be. So we kind of go through it that way. And then at that point, you know, we've all kind of come together and narrowed things down a little bit to the point where we can say, you know, we've got like 20 things here 
what are the highlights? What do we really want to do? Because we can't do everything as much as mom can plan it all out. Mom wants to plan everything. <laughs> we really can't do it all. So what can we, you know, what are our, our priorities? What are the highlights that we really want to see? And they do a really good job of of understanding as we narrow things down. They do a good job of picking their top things and not feeling bad that they can't do everything. You know, I think we don't give kids enough credit for their brains and their, you know, their level of maturity, even at, you know, currently they're 10 and 13. And even at their age, they still, they, they surprise us often with our trip plans. So it's pretty cool. I know with my five-year-old, he has, time is kind of something he struggles with. So, you know, if, if we were to present to him, like, we're going to be going for a week, you know, what do you want to do? He would have us... I mean, there would be an endless a list of <laughs> things he would want to do. Yeah. So it's just interesting. With that first trip, I'm just curious. And between the two of them, was there, you know, did they agree on things? Was there some deliberation, some bargaining? How, how did all that work? Yeah, so I think, yeah, definitely. And there's definitely a lot of conversation. So, I mean, there's four of us. You know, we have two kids and the two of us. And so there's a lot of conversation with compromise and the realization that, hey, you're going to end up doing something that you might not want to do. You know, we're going to end up doing something that we might not want to do, but, <laughs> right. but that they want to do. And so, you know, we get we we definitely have that reality with them. But the more they're involved, the more they're willing to to do that compromise, the more they're willing to say, oh, well, you know, my brother wants to go here. So, you know, let's go because he wants to go, which you don't ever get if you don't give them that opportunity. Sure. And I think we also have to be, you know, real with them on the other side of the coin you know, we decided that we vowed that we weren't going to not include them, but we also have to be realistic that we can't expect too much from them sure. when it comes to planning a trip. And so, you know, our kids and, and ourselves really like, you know, you, you don't know about a destination until you know about it. And so your kids don't know, you know, the vastness of the world and all the places that are, that are going to go. And so, you know, once we expose them more to the places that that there are to go and the things there are to do there, then they can finally have these conversations and they get to pick and say, yeah, that looks like fun or no, that looks boring or yes, I'll go because you want to go. And so that becomes really the, the biggest portion of time is the buy-in. And so once we come up with a list or, and even if we've started to sort through some of it, then it's just all about learning about those things even if we decide not to go, we want to make an educated decision. So we'll watch the YouTube videos with them. You know, we'll have them do some reading, you know, so that they can look at, hey, yeah, this is this is something that I would want to do or no, I can't see the interest. Mom, dad, why the crap do you want me to go here? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we want them to trust us. And those are parts of the conversation, too. Like, hey, I know it looks weird. You know, we have to do this at dinner time every night too. Like, I, I know it doesn't look like what you want to eat, but I promise <laughs> I wouldn't make you something that you don't want to eat. So, but yeah, so lots of conversation, lots of deliberation, but, but it's more just about the education because then those conversations are much easier. Yeah. And I think Garrett touched on this, but this sense of a team that we develop because we are working together on this common goal. You know, we've, we, we all have bought into this vacation that we want to go on. And so everybody has a vested interest in making sure that it turns out well. And our kids have vast differences in their interests. You know, we have one that is 
a little bit more adventurous and we've got one who is really more of a homebody and he doesn't want to go out and do a whole lot of things and it's really cool to watch them be able to support each other in their interests and and i don't want to say take one for the team but they allow us to do more that you know more opportunity for things that they may not have chosen for themselves but they know that as a team we're you know we're all going to enjoy it together and and that you know looking back on it that ends up being really cool yeah it seems like really great educational exposure for places that they might not have been familiar with and really good team building there sounds great Um, so how did that first vacation go Awesome. And really, you know, like with anything, you know, we're, we're building on it. And so it gets better and better, but yeah, definitely the first one where they included them um, was actually a trip to Europe. And so we definitely had to shoulder a little bit more because right. the kids were still kind of young. Yeah. We definitely had to shoulder a little bit more of the, you know, executive decision responsibility, but things really culminated not long after that when our oldest turned 10, we took him on, a, well, we did a one-on-one trip. And so we've kind of decided to make that a tradition. We're planning our youngest ones this year. But so Mandy took our oldest to California. And that trip is something that we refer to often because of how successful it was. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned your five-year-old would give you a laundry list of things that he'd want to see. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened initially when we were planning his 10-year-old trip. I said, you know, what, what are you interested in? What, what kinds of things would you like to see? And, and I guided him through, we kind of came up with a list together of, you know, maybe about 15 or 20 things. And he, I said, you know, we really, we're only there for three days. So let's just pick maybe three or four things that are really important to you. And let's, let's just realize that we can't see everything, but let's pick those ones and then see if we have extra time, we can squeeze in some of these other small things that you'd like to do. I was really surprised some of the things that he picked. He uh, he wanted to go see a battleship in near Long Beach, and he was really interested in learning that a lot of people in that area drive really nice cars. And so <laughs> he enjoyed driving on the freeway with me, and we just pointed out all the fancy cars that we don't see very often in our place. He he's obsessed with cars, and you know he chose to go to Legoland again for sure. And <laughs> you know the things that were a priority for him. And then he he kind of just settled into this trip and realized that it was his trip. He wasn't bratty about it. He didn't he didn't ever pull the card of well it's my trip, so I get to do whatever. <laughs> you know, he never he never was like that because I think he already felt empowered to plan it with me and and he already chose what we would do. And so that's you know, he he felt comfortable knowing that he had the say in, in what we did and, and he enjoyed it. And when we came back, it was it was just incredible how he had opened up. You know, he's he's always been kind of a chatty kid. He gets along really well with older people, adults, and but he just kind of settled into himself. It was really cool to just see some of the the heavy or the weight things just kind of melt away from his shoulders and just enjoy the time with me and. And I didn't have anything bothering me. You know, I didn't have work. I didn't have his younger brother. I didn't have, you know, <laughs> household duties and things that had to be done. I got to be present with him as well. And so he got to see a different side of me too. And and that, I think our connection that was created there was amazing. It's it's one of the reasons why we have this company that we have now, because because of those strong connections we created, we realized how important it was to travel with our kids 
and to just make sure that they felt a part of us and, you know, that, that we build a strong family team together. Sure. And that's one of the reasons we started this podcast is just to cut through some of the, you know, the logistics, the planning pressures and get to the important part, which is making the, the family memories. So, and you, you've yeah. talked, you guys have covered this a little bit in pieces, but what would you consider the key learnings from this experience? You know, Mandy's touched a lot and you mentioned it too, you know, that we've kind of glossed over it, but really it is about this, this idea of connection with each other, with ourselves you know, so another cool experience, you know, and I, I'm only getting like text messages of all the cool cars and that's how I'm living this whole experience. And then, and then I get to see what he was like when he gets back and, you know, Mandy tells me all the stories, but one really cool story, and it might seem meaningless unless you're looking for it, but, you know, he was at the hotel and they were having breakfast and, and again, he just, he realized it was his trip and he, and he was kind of coming into his own. And so he wanted, what was it, like pancakes or something like that. But he wanted chocolate chips, and they didn't give him chocolate chips. And so he asked for some chocolate chips. But just the way in which he asked and the politeness and the respectful which, way in which he did it, the waitress brought him a whole hot chocolate mug full of chocolate <laughs> chips. And so here he is eating breakfast, oh, consisting of maybe a bite or two of pancakes, mostly just drinking his hot chocolate and eating more chocolate chips. And so, and maybe that's the real thing is he was just wired for the day and that's why he had such a good time. Hopped up on chocolate. But like, yeah, yeah. but just for him to realize that the world is out there, he just has to kind of make an effort to go get it, to yeah. ask for things when he needs things, to realize that there is that there are things available to him when he just kind of takes that little bit of effort. And again, it's such a small, almost insignificant story, but it really encapsulates what I saw when he returned home, when both of them returned home, is just this feeling of I belong in the world, I belong in my family. And I think, again, we, we keep coming back to how many of these kinds of experiences we see when we travel and how we grow together and how we learn so much about ourselves and, our, and each other. And so that that was definitely a, a big moment. And we can retrace so much of his ma later maturity back to things we saw on that trip. Yeah. Another thing, too, that's interesting, we've taken them to Europe and they were learning French at the time. So we felt like it was, you know, a pretty safe thing to do to go to Paris. And and the things that that they learned the way that they engaged with people in the parks. We went to some parks and they were just playing with other local kids. And the way that they engaged with the other kids there was just, it was amazing. And now as we talk about planning future travel with them, there isn't, there isn't a fear as much about going to foreign places because they, they know that we had really good experiences. We know that we've created a safe way for them to travel and, and to discover the world and to meet other people that, you know, that aren't very similar to them. Now, granted, the people, the kids in Paris were pretty similar, you know, they, they live a very similar lifestyle, but, but to them, you know, preconceived notions could be that, that that's a very scary place. We don't want to go anywhere where we're not fluent in the language and, and, you know, just to see, opening up the possibilities for what they could do, you know, other places that, that now they feel a little bit more safe to travel. And so that, that isn't something that stands in the way of us going 
to you know new places in the future because they've they've kind of conquered a mountain so to speak awesome so let's talk about your favorite places to travel as a family so far and why so we're kind of disney nerds join the club so that 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 (laughs) always that always finds its way into every little conversation and we've been you know we had a big uh disney world trip planned for 2021 which or 2020 covid Mm -hmm. ruined that and then covid really kind of ruined it for 2021 as well so we've been like putting them at bay yeah we'll go soon we'll go soon but mandy had the bright idea yesterday of like rolling my favorite place with the family's favorite place all together and, you know, going to Disneyland Paris. Ooh. And maybe, so that might be kind of our next thing, but yeah, I, I love Paris. I could go there weekendly if, uh, <laughs> if I could figure out a way to do that. And the kids uh, really enjoyed it too. There, there's so much to see, you know, one of our favorite places in, in Luxembourg gardens, there's a little park behind the palace and they have these old, wooden sailboats that they're the original boats from like 200 years ago or something and you can go and kind of race these boats around in the pond and you can rent them for almost nothing and they trust you that you're going to return the boat and they trust that you're not going to damage it and you know there's just it's just kind of a you give them the change and you know rent your boat and the kids loved doing that that was really cool i think you know when you travel to places you you get this thought in your head that you've got to go see all the museums. You've got, I get FOMO anyway. I'm pretty sure that other people have this as well, but there's all these top destinations, these top sites that you've got to see. And, you know, we've kind of let that go after a while, but we're going to see as much as we can see and we're going to enjoy the trip. And so we make a compromise that a few things just don't make the list. And, you know, we, we go, we travel with the hope that we'll visit again and get to see those on our next stop but i think that's a really big tip if i were to give one to anybody just to to know that wherever you go there are going to be things that kids will love and not to let that stop you from traveling with your family absolutely we really enjoyed going to hawaii with the kids it was a pretty mellow safe place for them to be which island Um, did you guys go to or did you go to multiple islands we just went to the big island we've got a trip planned for the end of this year we're going out to oahu so we'll try a different island this time but it has something for everyone and the kids it's a pretty safe bet so it's it's not a whole lot of stress about planning to speak another language or planning for transportation or things like that so that's that's always a safe one yeah and it was somewhere that i was resistant to going i'm like if you're just going to go to a beach why why do we need to go all the way to hawaii but every day i was there it became it moved more and more up to the list of places we want to go on the regular so hence the flight deal i saw and the points i used and the flights i booked without her knowing (laughs) it's one of four states that i have yet to travel to and we our previous podcast was on hawaii just an overview of all of the islands and it's definitely it's on my bucket list, and that's a good segue to the next question. What What's on your family travel bucket list? You know, I have a big list, and <laughs> Africa's always been on my list for sure, specifically South Africa, but then definitely some safari visits and things. And the bucket list family, I'm sure you know everybody knows them, they're currently in Africa right now at the Giraffe Manor, and 
I thought, okay, that's gotta be, that's gotta be somewhere we take our kids. So I've been talking to them about it today, actually. Like, how would it be if you woke up and there was a giraffe out your bedroom window? And, you know, <laughs> just trying to get them excited so that they'll buy into my dream trip. Cause, you know, we got to do that a little bit, but that's, uh, that's definitely something on my bucket list. Yeah. And I, I'm still working on like, you know, to really refine a list, but something that I really enjoy. So a place like Tbilisi, Kazakhstan, man, now I can't even, uh, no, it's in Georgia. <laughs> Sorry, all the places, but going to somewhere that's not um, super well-traveled and finding all those gems. Like I love doing that anywhere I go. Sure. So I definitely, I want to find a spot like that. And maybe it is Georgia. Maybe it's somewhere else. Um, I got to find somewhere I can convince Matt to go as well. But yeah, I'm less about the list, but I do also want to see at least one or two of kind of the, uh, any of the wonders of the world. I want to see the pyramids. Um, I really want to go to, uh, to Lebanon and say, and see Petra, but yeah, those would definitely be kind of the top of my list. And, you know, being Disney nerds, we always roll things in. So we want to go to Shanghai because the Disney parks there are amazing. And so that's okay. While well, we're there, then we can see all these other things that yeah. are in the area. So it's a, it becomes like a really expensive addiction. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> My brother uh, taught in China for a couple of years and I wanted to get over and go to Shanghai Disney, but I never, never made it over COVID kind of, uh, put a wrench in those plans as well. So you guys mentioned briefly about the company that you have. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so our company, we're called Connected Family Travel. Frequent Travelers Academy is a course that we run. We only open the doors once or twice a year, but that's where we teach people how to use credit card reward points. Generally, that's what that course is about. But, and so we've realized, you know, how much of the world we've been able to see on points and it really wasn't something I was searching for. And so I've realized that a lot of people don't know that that's an available resource, especially families to be able to really travel like they might want to, but don't think they can. So or that's they how they know that it's a resource. They just don't know how to use the cards right. or, or how to make, them. yeah, how to make the most of the points and, you know, earn them and redeem them in the proper way so that they can just max them out, max out the benefits. Or I'm yeah. sure even which yeah, cards. So are the most give you the most rewards that that's i mean that's kind of a jungle in and of itself yeah yeah yeah, yeah and we like to try and you know help people find the right ones for them because uh, that's the other complication is there's no good fit for everyone necessarily mm. and so, so yeah that's the course we offer we're looking to launch that again in the fall we don't have exact dates yet but our kind of really exciting thing right now is that we are looking to start our own podcast and so that should be coming here hopefully in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. So that is points, miles and beyond is what we're calling our podcast. So, but we do also have a, uh, a resource available kind of talking about what we were talking about today with helping your, you know, letting your kids plan your trip. So just a guide and some of the tips that we've talked about, but also there's some resource there for making the notes like the, you know, that we suggested. And so, so that's available as well. So you can get that at uh, connectedfamilytravel.com forward slash kid plan. That's all uh, one word. Yeah, connectedfamilytravel.com forward slash kid plan. And you can pick up that guide and walk you through some of these steps, kind of through the logistics of it all. And, and uh, we definitely would encourage anyone to 
to try it out because yeah the more you include your kids in the travel the the more successful the trip will be for sure we did a podcast and we called it uh, managing expectations of the family vacation and there's a lot of similarities in what you guys are saying and what we uh, what we found in that in that podcast so it's very interesting yeah, stuff. I- and- I listened to it. I actually, there were a couple of things that I thought, wow, that, that never occurred to me, but yes, that is right. 100%. The whole podcast was like that for me. I'm like, Oh, I've been doing <laughs> yeah, it wrong yeah. all this time. So <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a great episode. Well, yeah. Managing you. expectations is definitely a big tip. <laughs> I mean, you know, you realize you've got a set of expectations. Your wife has a set of expectations. The kids have a completely different set of expectations and I've got a 20 year old, a 10 year old and a five year old. You know, yeah, all different expectations, all different. So, <laughs> I, I, we, yeah. well, thank yeah. you guys for uh, for coming on the show. Is so one last time. What's the best way for our listeners to keep up with you guys? So they can find us really anywhere. Connectedfamilytravel.com is our website. Instagram, Connected Family Travel. Facebook, Connected Family Travel. And if you want to get that guide, that's connectedfamilytravel.com forward slash kid plan. And then if you follow us on Instagram, you'll be able to get all those updates for when our podcast is released as well. So Perfect. And what's the name of the podcast one more time? Points, Miles, and Beyond. Fantastic. Well, I will be listening. Garrett, Mandy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. That was great. You know, my wife and I had a similar experience to what Garrett and Mandy were mentioning. We planned a sneak trip to Disney World for my son. Didn't tell him. Just got him in the car, drove down. We were expecting this big, huge display of emotion and excitement when we got to the gates there at Disney. He just kind of looked up and said, oh, great, Disney. And that was it. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> Never occurred to us how valuable anticipating a trip is to a child. So great stuff from Garrett and Mandy. We appreciate them being on the show so much. And hey, make sure and be on the lookout for their podcast and check that out when it comes out. Well, that does it for today's show. Danny's going to be back with me for our next episode on The Mighty Five. Special guest Kristen Cummings is going to talk to us about family-friendly hiking in these beautiful parks in Utah. Till next time. Thank you for listening to The Family Vacationer. Make sure and subscribe to hear more of Rob and Danny.